Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop. My name is Kelly Knight. I am your podcast host and Modern Mystic Shop owner. So we are still under quarantine and we are still respecting the social distance order. So this class also was recorded live via Zoom. And what makes that so exciting is that you guys who are listening to the podcast who might not be local to Atlanta, you guys are now eligible to join us every Sunday at 11 a.m., on Zoom for the live recording. The benefit of being there on the live recording is that you get to ask your questions, you get to connect one-on-one or not one-on-one, but in a group setting, I guess, with uh, each other and you can see the faces of those who are in our community. And I would just encourage you to visit our website, sundayschoolpod.com, to see our upcoming classes. And that's where the Zoom link is so that you can just click and join us and be part of the Modern Mystic shop community as we are all dispersed and sort of separated. We're trying to create opportunities like this for connection. I have a couple of other announcements before I get into the introduction. First of all, we are still selling our hand sanitizers and our antibacterial soap, along with several other key Modern Mystic Shop branded items on our website, modernmysticshop.com. So if you are missing your ritual kits or candles or sprays or water bottles or any of those items, or if you've got a friend who has a birthday coming up and you'd like to send them a little bit of modern mystic love, these products are available. We have gotten our act together rather quickly, and if you order on a one day by 3 p.m., usually the order gets shipped that very same day, uh, especially Monday through Friday. We do take the weekends off. So please keep us in your consideration. And if you do need things like hand sanitizers and antibacterial soap, we have beautiful natural products. We have teamed up with our essential oils maker. So if you love our essential oils like many of you do, uh, that's the manufacturer that we've partnered with for these other products. Next, I did a full moon, was supposed to be a full moon meditation, but turned into a real energy, energetic facilitation on the full moon. It is on this podcast feed one episode back. The facilitation that I guided that group through is not necessarily related to the full moon. I think I was guided to lead it on the full moon because there was a lot going on with this super moon and astrologically there was sort of this gate that was opening and so it was really perfect for that time. However, it doesn't expire. So if you specifically are feeling the need to energetically support your neighbors, yourself, the people on this planet, the people in this or the beings in this solar system are all beings that have ever existed anywhere and everywhere. This facilitation connects you to that energy and allows you to be a spiritual warrior to help free and liberate all of us from an energetic perspective. So as we're sitting home alone and we're wondering, what is it that I can do? Yes, there are definitely things that we can do in this 3D world. And I do believe there are things that we can be doing on an energetic level and we can take ourselves through these what I call imagination events that are very very real and we can astral travel and we can project ourselves and we can use our collective and individual uh, energies for 
healing, for liberation, for doing whatever we can do to be a positive force in this world. So if you feel so inclined, jump on back on the feed and take some time to uh, do that facilitation and I'm sure you will love it. And then now I want to introduce or reintroduce Adela. She is, I joke with Adela, she's like a series regular. You know when you watch those sitcoms, she's not like the main cast that's there every week, but she comes in every few episodes. Um, Adela is our series regular, and she popped back in. As soon as, you know, the stuff hit the fan, I knew we needed to hear what it is that Adela would have to say about finding calm in this global crisis. And so I won't get too into how awesome she is because you've heard me ramble on about her, but that's what this Sunday School is about, how to use self-care and your inner resources to stay grounded and connected when us as individuals and as a collective, we're forced to change. We are triggered. We are fearful. There is uncertainty. And we really need to dig deep for our resilience to maintain balance and to protect our personal well-being because you know you hear it on the airplane you place that the mask on yourself first and then you can place the mask on others so i really find this to be a very hopeful and purposeful conversation about resilience and she'll take you through um, a short exercise in the sunday school and then i wanted to mention that i connected adela with one of my oldest friends, Ashley Heseltine, and she has an amazing podcast called Girls Gotta Eat. And it is a comedy podcast about relationships, and she's a comedian, and her and her friend Raina do a wonderful job. But every so often, they bring in therapists and, and experts in their field to give really grounded advice. And I thought that this would be the perfect combination because Adela works with our team on communication. So she actually had a conversation about how to communicate and relate to others while we're in isolation with the ladies from Girls Gotta Eat. I have not heard it, but this comes out today, which is Sunday, and tomorrow morning when you wake up, it's going to be in your podcast feed. So I do recommend also hitting up that podcast because, you know, we all need to laugh and learn. And that's one thing that those women at Girls Gotta Eat are so great at is not avoiding the issues, you know, taking on some of these serious issues, but doing it with a sense of levity and humor because it can't be all heavy all of the time. So I just hope that you guys enjoy this, these conversations. I hope that everyone is managing themselves and coping as best as you can. Please connect with us on Instagram, modernmystic underscore shop check out our website. Um, we're really trying our best to stay engaged during this time. And you guys, we're just doing this for you guys. We're not in the store. We're not gathering. We're doing this to continue this ritual that has become so important for us and then so important for those who attend the live recordings and for those who hang out with us after the fact. So thanks for sticking with me on this longer than normal introduction. And without further ado, Adela Rafa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am glad to be here. And it's so lovely to see um, people again. I, uh, I miss people. I miss seeing a lot of people at the same time. So thank you for being here. It's, it's wonderful to be back. 
And yes, today is, um, today's talk is going to be about finding calm in crisis. And I was talking to Kirsten just before y'all came on that when we think of the word crisis itself, because word has a lot of power and in our minds, we often label a word good or bad, big or small. And when you think of crisis, we often think of something negative, something upsetting, something uh, bad is coming or it's happening. We're in the middle of it. Um, maybe we can change the word crisis for today to, you know, finding calm in the storm because there is a storm out there and um, we're all experiencing the storm collectively as well as individually. So our relationship to a storm is unique to each one of us. Collectively, we are experiencing as a whole. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about what we can do, but I wanna start uh, with a quote, if I may. And the quote is by Timber Hawkeye, and it goes, you can't calm the storm, so stop trying. What you can do is calm yourself. The storm will pass. So let me say that one more time. You can't calm the storm, so stop trying. What you can do is calm yourself. The storm will pass. And so will this pandemic, so will this crisis that we're experiencing now. And one thing that we can control is ourselves. Um, the intention that I, that I held for this class today um, was for us to do a little bit of a connecting. And I'm glad that Kirsting did uh, a little mini meditation. I'll do a, a little bit bigger one in a minute. Um, and I also wanted to share my perspective. It's my perspective and um, offer you some tools and techniques that have helped me in my personal life when I've gone through difficult situations before. Um, and also what I teach my clients and some of my tools in my toolbox are based in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, Gestalt, as well as mindfulness and my awareness training that I've been practicing for the past lots of years. And I also want to offer you um, options to ask questions. Um, and since we have a small group, we'll do uh, some sharing. And then I also want you to know that I'd like to stay connected with you afterwards if you're interested to join any of my groups that I'm offering currently. I have three groups each week, one a Tuesday night, one on Wednesday morning, one on Thursday afternoon. And you're welcome to pop in at any of those. And we'll do more of what I'm teaching today. Um, and you can also stay connected with me on social media. And if you're interested in getting my newsletter, you can sign up on my website, adalarafa.com. So to get started, and since we have a small group, can you uh, put in the chat box, what is one thing you are experiencing in your body right now? What are you aware of? What are you sensing in your body at the moment? 
let's start there. Fatigue, okay, grief, okay, awesome. Fear, yeah. Unsteady, mm -hmm. yeah, uncertainty, uncertainty, angst. I'm sensing calmness at, okay, peace. Ah, there's so, so many. <sighs> Heaviness, yeah, anxiety. Hi, Dushan. He's coming to us from Montenegro. <laughs> Feel a little tired, but calm. Yeah. So you see, even though we're all experiencing as a collective a crisis, a pandemic, fear, um, each individual is having their own experience with it. And it shows up um, differently for each one of us. And it's important that we are um, allowing everybody's experience to be their experience. There's no right or wrong experience to have. And a lot of times when we have a lot of uh, emotions and feelings, we don't really know what to do with them. And somebody said uncertainty. And uncertainty is the biggest trigger for our deepest fear. Uncertainty is the biggest trigger for our deepest fears. So, and it is important, I believe, to acknowledge that we have individual and collective fears and also trauma that we're experiencing right now. Um, the trauma in our bodies are reactivated. We have people before us, our um, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, our ancestors have experienced pandemic famine, war, disasters long before us. And what their experience, uh, their, whatever their experience was, is actually stored in, in our bodies. Uh, it's stored on a cellular level. It's in our DNA. So the feeling that we're experiencing now may be familiar, like trauma, uh, fear, crisis. Um, there is a familiarity in our body if we have ancestors that have been through it already. And it's important that we then meet this moment with our presence, to be present to what we're experiencing and feeling, honoring those fears and feelings, while at the same time, we awaken our resilience. Because our ancestors, they went through it, they survived it. As human beings, we survive, we thrive, we elevate to the next level. I mean, history proves it, history shows it. We will survive this too. And that resilience that came before us that our ancestors practiced and trickled down into our genes, they're there like little seeds. Just like the fear is there, resilience is there. And for those of us who have been practicing awareness training or your spiritual practices, your, um, you know, you've gone to a therapist for a year, you have learned skills, you have learned tools. Now is the time to evoke those. Now is the time to, to push them to the forefront. 
right? Now is the time for us to be those um, uh, warriors, if you will, to, um, to, to know what we do. We do know what to do. It's in us. And it's for us to, um, to go past the fear, acknowledge the fear, be present with the fear, and really dig deep for, um, for the resilience. And I want to talk to you a little bit about resilience. Resilience, and here's a funny story real quick. Um, every year at New Year's, me and my girlfriends, we pick, a, we pick a word. And I wanted my word this year to be really sexy and fun and cool and, and whatnot. And I couldn't, nothing came up. The only thing that I kept hearing over and over again was resilience. And I thought, well, that doesn't sound like a fun word. It sounds like, um, you know, I have stresses in my life or something I need to bounce back from. And 2019 was one of my best years. And I was really looking forward to 2020 because this was going to be even better. And so when I, when resilience came, popping into my head. I was like, I don't know if I like that word. And, but then I looked at the five pillars of resilience. I want to share those with you. I decided to, okay, I'm sticking with the word. It came to me. Resilience is it. And uh, so there it is. Uh, I, 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 maybe my cellular information was on, on point before I was. Uh, so resilience, there's five pillars. And um, it's self-awareness, self-care, mindfulness, positive relationships, and purpose. And I took those and made it into my own, uh, my own pillars. And because the way I think of us as human beings is with, oh, can I repeat that? Yes. So resilience, the five pillars of resilience is self-awareness. self-care, mindfulness, positive relationships, and purpose. All of those are really in alignment with the work that I do and how I want to show up in my, in my personal life and my world. Um, but I changed the wording a little bit and created the pillars that uh, are are as follows, and I'll, I'll say them slower. So the way I think of us as humans is that we all have four aspects. We have the mind, the body, our spirit, and our emotions. So the way I think of resilience and how I can apply it in those is I can be resilient mentally. So mental is one pillar. I can be focused, I can stay determined, I can check my narrative, what am I talking to myself about, and what am I put my, what is my output out in the world, in my words, in my narrative, what are the stories I tell myself and others, and also my mental health, my, my, my self-care and my mental health is super important to me. So the first pillar in resilience for me is my mental. Then um, the second pillar is my body, right? My physical resilience. How am I tending to my body? How am I connecting to that inner wisdom that is innately in my body? 
what am I feeding my body? Nurturance, nutrients, you know, am I drinking enough water? You know, am I exercising? Am I building strength in my body? Um, spiritual is my third pillar. Uh, so my, my purpose, my meaning, how do I find meaning? How do I connect to something larger than myself? How do I serve my faith? How do I serve my, my family, my community? So the third pillar for me is my spiritual pillar. Um, and then the um, fourth pillar is my, my uh, emotions, right? My emotional body. How am I caring for my emotions? Am I honoring them? Am I uh, able to be uh, emotional agile? The agility is really important. The intelligence is really important right now. And I'll talk about that more later. Um, but the fourth pillar is definitely my emotional body. How am I taking care of my emotions? And uh, then I added a fifth pillar, and that is um, the social component. And with the social component, meaning in my relationships, how am I staying resilient in my relationship, in my relationship to my immediate family and friends and my community? And also in the sense of how am I being resilient in, I'm hearing all kinds of things all around me right? Some things I want to believe, some things I don't want to believe. There's so much information coming at me. How can I listen to me and still be social and still be connected to the world and discern? So the social piece is staying connected, have positive relationships, and especially in time of crisis or stormy times, it's definitely important to be connected in some way. And how can I stay connected and be energized by it and not stay connected and be drained by it? So social resilience is a piece that I find very, very valuable and important. Do you, does that make sense to you? You can disagree with me if you want. I, I can take it. Um, so those are the pillars that I created for myself to think about um, how to thrive during times, um, stressful times, and not, not only um, bounce back, but um, learning how to navigate and move through with the intention of learning and growing and uh, creating something. Because if you look at your lives and you've had some sort of a loss or a crisis or an upset, most of those times have been the times where we've done the most growth. Would you agree? Like from we lost a relationship or we lost a loved one or we lost a job. And at the, at the time it was so devastating and upsetting. But when we look back, like, yeah, that was the best thing that happened to me. Or a really good thing because I learned X, Y, and Z. And so, Resilience is being able to stay grounded, stay with ourselves enough to find the pockets of learning and the pockets of beauty 
And we can see that right now. There's so many positive, great, wonderful things that we see in each other in um, all over the world. You know, people supporting each other on all kinds of levels. I mean, it's too many to even mention. I, mean, I would take up the whole hour just talking about all the good things we're seeing out in the world right now, what people are creating, people are innovative, people are just like mind-blowing what humanity can do in times of crisis. Some of the, I mean, even silly things like some of the funny memes that people do on, on Facebook, like how do they think of that and, and put that together so fast and share it with the world? Like it's mind-blowing to me. It's like I love studying people and how we behave and what we do. And, you know, and that's the beauty of, of any crisis. We can still thrive and really become this creative innovative um, species and that's what we do a lot of times i mean after war we have rebuilt how many times look at 9 11 oh my god uh there's so many examples to show and to pull from from our history that show us as a human beings we do thrive and we do elevate to the next level look at look at um technology we are going to elevate even more. And thank God we have technology right now. It's helping us tremendously to stay connected and be social. Okay, so I want to uh, do a little bit of a, um, before I do that, let me check in with you. We have a small group enough to where if somebody wants to share anything that you heard me say so far and how you um, can relate or, uh, or, or, or not disagree with me. Uh, does anybody want to take a moment to share with me? Hi, Tina. <laughs> anybody? Is it too soon? It might be too soon. Tina, you're muted. Okay. Okay. So nobody jumped on the opportunity to share with the group. Um, we're all muted. Yes. Everybody's muted. Yes. Did you want to say something, Dushan? Hey, Adela. I, you couldn't hear me. I said, um, sorry, I was late. I was trying to figure out zoom myself so i kind of missed what you said a little bit but um i just wanted to check in with everyone so i'm not feeling so alone with this but uh, last night was a really hard night's late um had a horrible nightmare and then went back to sleep again and had another bad dream and uh i don't know if anybody else is experiencing restless nights of sleep or if you have any advice on how to have a better night's sleep. Fortunately, you know, I'm able to get naps during the day and I'm a teacher, as you know, so next week I'm on spring break, but I'd like to be able to sleep through the night and not have to nap through the day. Okay. Yes. It reminds me of a, a little infant baby that wakes up several times uh, during the night because it has needs it needs to be comforted or it needs to eat or it needs to be changed right a lot of a lot of times when we have 
stresses to our bodies and um, we're all under a, a huge amount of stress right now, um, consciously or unconsciously, it's there. Um, sleep sometimes is what is affected. And uh, so I would invite you to, when you do wake up in the middle of the night or when you feel restless, is, uh, is really looking to see what would feel helpful right now. Um, my sleep is disturbed. Is there a message for me to be received? First of all, acknowledge that, you know, I am, I'm awake. And uh, what would feel good? And if you were that infant, if you were that little child that is scared in the middle of the night or feeling restless in the middle of the night, what would feel good? What would feel good to you? And, and part of that to ask you this is, and Dinah and I were talking about in as she was rubbing my arm through my first nightmare. Um, part of my problem, I think, is my head is not as mentally engaged as it was when I was in school being a teacher. And it's really nice I have Dinah to talk to about it, but she pointed out and it's true because I've had it during summer vacation as well. But I mean, I'm not having to manage my classroom. Those of you that don't know I teach fourth grade so I'm not having to manage the classroom I'm not asking answering in million questions a day I'm not you know going 180 miles per minute and so my head is you know I have more space in my head I guess to also think and usually when I'm teaching um, during the school year I'm exhausted and even with the amount of working out I'm doing I, I my head is not exhausted and I don't know how to you know, because I don't know what I'm going to sleep when I go to sleep. And then it's my head's just not how it is when I'm normally at school teaching. I don't know if that makes sense. And if others are also. Do. And, and if you relate, you missed the part where I was talking about resilience and the five pillar of resilience. The first pillar being the mental resilience, having mental resilience, meaning um, how, how we focus, what, um, what we focus our mind and what, what our narrative or inner narrative is, what are we telling ourselves and what are we telling the story out loud um, and how are we taking care of our mental health during this time. Um, also um, determination and, and just stimulating our minds in different ways. What am I feeding myself? What is my input is important to look at. And as for all those five pillars that I talked about, the mental, the physical, the social, the emotional, and the spiritual, what am I feeding myself is very important. So if I am feeding myself all kinds of fearful uh, news and statistics and looking at the numbers and where are people dying, where, what's the survival rate, and, and you know, Where's the food? Where's the, where's the lack of food? Who's open? What are people doing? Like, if that's what I'm feeding myself, I am upping my stress level. And like any child, you, you, before bedtime, you don't want kids, little kids, to watch scary movies, for example. And you don't want them to, you know, run around and go outside and run, 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 run. Even though we think that's going to release energy, it actually gets the energy even higher. So we want to have a bedtime that's calming and soothing and relaxing to the nervous system. Our nervous system are so jacked up right now. And so we have to claim our nervous system, take them back and own them, and do what we need to do to calm it, to settle it. Because it's up here right now. And using breath, 
using meditation. And if meditation feels too agitating right now, do one minute little mini pockets of meditation or a prayer or a mantra or listen to some calming music. Anything that works for you to calm your system. And only you know what would help for, for you. So you really need to sit with it. Like what would make my mind calmer? What would make my mind less active? And you can ask, hello, mind, uh, what would be helpful for you? Help me help you. You know, do a Jerry Maguire. Help me help you. Um, and listen to the mind. Listen what it might tell you. Um, and maybe it's like, I'm scared. I need to know I'm going to be okay. So maybe it's something it needs to hear. Maybe it's something it needs to feel. Maybe it's something it needs to see. You know, the mind is an aspect of us. Our mental chatter is, you know, it's, and, and it's thoughts. And it is, if you can recognize too, like I'm having thoughts. Like, let me pay attention to the thoughts that I'm having. What am I spending time thinking about? And then write them down. Like right now, in the morning hours, most of my thoughts are in regards to this, that, and the other. It's fear or it's, it's worry. I need to plan. I, I miss people. Look to see what your, what your mind is telling you that you're focusing your time on. And then ask yourself, is this helpful? Is this helpful? And if it's not helpful, what can I do? What steps can I take to change it? What will be more helpful? Adeline, you question? Yes. Um, I wanted to uh, just throw out there. I yeah. really sympathize with you, Tina. I love that at my job, I constantly get to have like problems to solve and new things to learn. And so um, one of the things I've done for myself in this time is use some of the resources that um, otherwise had a lot of uh, sort of barriers to access. Um, meaning like otherwise, if it wasn't this current global crisis, I would not have access to them. So there are a lot of programs online that have become free for people like Yale and Course RA have opened up all of these great classes that otherwise you would have been, uh, you know, unable to access. And so what I've been doing is engaging like spiritual resilience and mental resilience to start learning more about the things that I care about mm -hmm. and that are part of my purpose. Um, so taking herbalism classes, there's this really great class from Yale um, that's the science of well-being. Um, it's this beautiful course that I'm taking right now. So that's been one thing that's helpful for me is, you know, not using it to escape my emotions. But if I you know, sort of get it down to the bare minimum, it's like my mind just wants to learn. Um, that's what I've been doing. So I can, um, I'm going to put a link in the chat room. That's, um, a link to like 40 or something plus free classes that you can look at. And maybe that would be helpful for people. Perfect person. And I just, uh, actually put a message in chat that thank you, because I think that's part of it. Um, and next, next week, um, probably a little more anxious because we're on spring break next week. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that would be great. I, I see the link coming up now. And I think that would be helpful to um, engage my brain more because I'm very physically active. 
Um, but again, right now, just my brain does not have enough activity going on. And I also saw someone say about turning the TV off. I've been very consciously turning that off, but you just can't avoid it. It's in the energy. It's in the air. But thanks, Kirsten. I appreciate that. That's great advice. Yeah, I love that idea too. And then look and see, uh, you can, you can all do this to, uh, in our own lives when we feel more, uh, anxious than normal, even in the anxious time, we have pockets of more anxiety or restlessness show up. Um, go deeper into the feeling, go deeper into the emotion to understand what it is that I'm afraid of. What am I stressed about? A lot of times we label our emotions very big. Like we say stressed, we say overwhelmed, we say scared, I'm angry. All of those are very big labels. If we can chunk them down and make them a little smaller, um, more bite-sized so we can recognize what it is that is underneath the feeling. So let's say I say I'm stressed. It's something that people say a lot, I'm, I'm feeling stressed. Okay, there's a difference between feeling stressed about um, I'm worried to lose my job I still have a job, but I'm where I might lose it. That's one type of stress. Another stress might be, I don't have enough money to pay my bill this month. I am stressed, right? And there could be another stress that is I'm homeschooling my kids and I don't know what the hell I'm doing, right? So there's different kinds of stress. And if we can chunk them down and see what it is that is underneath it, like I am worried to lose my job or I'm worried, I'm stressed about, working from home because I'm used to the interaction with people that might tell you something about what you value is connection and community and friendships and um, interaction with people. Right. So it's like, okay, so that's what I'm, that's what stress is about being alone and not connecting and not feeling stimulated. So now I can do something about that. Now I can find a solution instead of staying stuck in the problem. So if I know, okay, I'm missing interaction and the mental stimulation from other adults and problem solving and, and coming up with solutions and, and brainstorming with people that energizes me. So then know that about yourself and what is the one step you can take to create that for yourself? Like who can you reach out? Are the groups out there? Are there, um, you know, can I Zoom with my friends? Can I start a Facebook group? What can I do to create that interaction? Can I connect with some of my teacher friends and say, can we just have a brainstorm of how to set up some of the uh, online teaching for the next couple of weeks and try something different? Um, and so um, there's a lot of ways to sit with our with our, with our emotions. I think of emotions as signposts. Just like you're driving in the car and you see a road sign coming up that gives you information what, what you need to do. Like this is the speed limit, there's a stop sign coming, there's gonna be yield, uh, there is this, this uh, highways coming up, right? Road signs, that's emotions for me. When I feel emotions, that is um, like a signpost of what I value and what's important to me. And usually the opposite will show if I'm afraid, it, let's say I'm, a, I'm, afraid, um, I'm afraid to lose my job. And, uh, and it's not just about the money, it's about 
you know, the connection that I have, feeling useful, having a purpose. Those are my fears, let's say, I'm making this up. Um, so then I can look at what are my values? What value in me is being threatened right now? Like the, the signpost is, I feel fear, I'm afraid. Oh, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of losing my job because my identity is tied into my job or my best friend is at work or I'm afraid that I'm not going to have the skills to get another job, whatever it is. So you can see if we chunk it down a little bit, now we can, we can uh, do something with the information and have a plan in place. Okay, so maybe uh, could this be a time where I learned some new skills, like Kirsten said? Uh, could this be a time where I apply to school? Could this be a time where, you know, I learn something that I don't know, didn't know before? Erica has a question. Can you read the question, Kirsten? Yes, um, actually, we had one other question to Julie had a question um, that to be honest, I think you just answered, but I wanted to just uh, name this. Um, how do you stay informed without being exposed to negative information that can trigger fear? Mm. And I think you really addressed that there, which is maybe the movement is not avoiding the things that trigger fear, but noticing when it comes up and using that method of, like you said, chunking things down to see what's at the base of this fear. Um, and what's, uh, what's called for attention? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, look at your sources too. Like look at your sources and where you get your information from. So you, you know, if, if you believe in science, you want to go to the more, you know, science, um, out, out uh, places and, and magazines and online resources and CDC and, and, and places like that. Um, and I would say, pick a couple of sources. Don't, don't use all of them because there's a slew. There is so much information and our systems are being inundated, inundated, I said that wrong, inundated with information. And it's so much for our systems to even hold. And it's, and because we're in this uncertainty, remember uncertainty uh, is the biggest trigger for our deepest fears. So, uh, and, and when we are experiencing fear, some people do the freeze, some people go into fight, some people go into flight. So know about yourself, your style of coping mechanism. This is a good time for self-study, and this is a good time for um, becoming self-aware so that you understand yourself well enough to know what you need to soothe your nervous system. That's great. That's very helpful. And then Erica's question, this is a good one that I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with right now. Um, Erica says, hi, I have a question. I usually, I usually work in an office, but I am now working from home. I feel like I need a day off, but I don't see the point. How is a day off going to help? Do you have any advice here? I'm curious to know why there's no point in having a day off. What does that mean? Like, can you answer that, Erica? Like, why would there, what would make it be, uh, having a day off be pointless? Mm. 
Is she typing maybe? She's typing in the chat. Okay. Um, okay. I think, and Erica, you're also more than welcome to unmute yourself if you feel like you're in a space that you can. I think that permission is there for everyone. If I'm squinting, it's because I don't have glasses and I'm trying to read the chat. <laughs> Erica, yes, hey. hi. Hey, um, I think the question I have is about disconnecting from my workspace and my home space because when I do work in an office, um, I there is a distinct line for me when I'm at the office, uh, I'm at the office, and then when I'm at home, I'm at home. And now it's blurred, and I'm really struggling with it, just mm -hmm. energy-wise. Like my, I feel like my energies are flowing in between the two, and I normally have a distinction. Yes, that's a great question. And a lot of people are struggling with that because normally we don't spend as much time home. Like we have that space where we drive to work, we have a commute time to think, to unwind, to process. And, uh, uh, and then we come home and do the same thing. We have our pockets of uh, places where our identities are not the same. And now it just seems to overflowing and intermingling and like a bowl of spaghetti and uh how do you eat a bowl of spaghetti um, well no never mind um so it's 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 maybe maybe what you can do is to schedule yourself in each space like have a place at home that is your office space and at five o'clock or whatever you leave that space and disconnect from it like you would your job and uh like really uh designate a workspace in your home and have that be separate from from the rest if you can um and maybe it is you know turning off the computer for a couple of hours after after your work is done so creating a space in between that um that feels um like more designated uh, like as human beings, we thrive on our habits. We're, we're, we're human, be human beings, we, we are creatures of habit. And our habits and our, um, our been thrown into uh, you know, chaos. And we are trying to navigate and create new pockets of, of, uh, um, of a new pattern or a new norm or a new, um, uh, pattern habits uh, so we're trying to create new habits and it can be difficult we spend all this time at home so maybe what you can do is uh, find ways to let your body let your mind let your energy that you were talking about know that there is a break and maybe it is by turning off the computer for an hour or going outside for a moment to like exit and enter the spaces to give yourself that sense that something is completed and something new can begin. Like you do at work, you, you leave the office and then you go back the next day. So maybe you have a routine before and after you um, have a little ritual or have a, a, an ending in the beginning like you, like you did before when you were going to work. Did I say that? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, she wrote in the chat that, uh, yes, her office is her dining room table right now, so she's going to try moving it to another room, and that that's a great point that you made. Um, that's awesome. 
Yeah. She likes the idea of a ritual too. Um, yeah. Rituals are so important. Like, um, like I said, we, as human beings, we are creature of habits and our habits have been thrown out the window for most of us from, well, everybody in, in a lot of different ways. And so uh, I think it's important that we create our new rituals, new ways of, of navigating. And because we need something to anchor us, the, 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 the habits that we create are sort of our daily anchors. We know we go to work, we do this, we do that, we have dinner, we have that. Those are like anchors that keeps us grounded to the, to the world. And since we have been unanchored, uprooted, um, it's important to find ways for us to anchor and root ourselves. And one way to do that is rituals. And if you need to, to know some rituals, I invite you to or encourage you to listen to uh, Brandon's uh, podcast. It's probably part of the library um, about rituals. He has great ideas on how to create rituals, but it could be something simple as, um, you know, I, uh, before I, I go to work, which I'm creating a, a des I'm a design, a designated an area for, uh, these are the three things I do or two things I do or one thing I do just, but have that be a pattern, a ritual that you do every single day. And that's going to help you anchor. And it's good for the nervous system, which is what we want to claim, which is want to account for. We want to account for our nervous system and soothe it, constantly soothing ourselves like little babies, you know. And the, the one thing that I want to say about how to soothe our nervous system is touch. Touch is so important. If you're home alone and don't have anybody to, to touch you, if you don't have any animals, touch yourself. Like, isn't there a song about that? Um, but even connecting with the self and, and like when you rub in uh, your body lotions, you know, like really rub the body lotion. It, a touch is so important for a nervous system and especially when it's upheaved. And um, breath is super important too. Breathe, breathe, breathe. So important. If you do nothing else, just stay with your breath. And your breath is the one constant that has been with you from your very first moment. The very first moment you were born, you took a deep breath and then you came and your breath has been there at five years old, at 10 years old, at 25, at whatever age, your breath has been there every single day with you to remind you that you're alive and that you're here and that you're safe. So use your breath as your companion, your constant companion, that no matter what is going on out there, you have your breath. And even if you're home alone, you have your breath to be there as your companion, to be there to soothe you, to be there to remind you that I am here and I'm alive. And I'm, I'm as well as I can be in this moment. So, uh, um, does that help? That's beautiful, Adela. In the chat, um, Jill had a really beautiful suggestion. I really love this. She said, I light a candle when I'm working to signal that this is work time and then blow out that candle when I'm done. I thought that was a nice ritual. I love it. Yes. Simple. It doesn't have to be complex and complicated. 
light a candle, I'm on, blow it out, I'm off. Oh my God, it's brilliant. Good suggestion. I might use it myself. I love it. And then I know uh, Benita also has another question. So um, if we can take Benita's question, that would be great. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Mine is a little bit different. I'm one of those people who stay calm in crises. Uh Um, And sometimes I'm not sure if that can be a a negative issue, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm a nurse, but I do work from home doing a nursing job that doesn't require patient care. So I'm used to working from home. Mm-hmm. What I'm not used to is being forced to work from home. But anyway, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm out of touch because I'm not afraid as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then I started noticing that um, as the weeks have gone by, I feel tired. Mm-hmm. And this morning I was actually, it's funny you mentioned Brandon because I was doing a, doing a ritual, you know, mm-hmm. that I've learned to do every morning that I enjoy doing, but I became totally white, but I almost couldn't do it. Mm. I, I had to sit down and I thought, am, am I sick? But I knew I wasn't, but, um, you know, and not that I'm asking you to tell me why I felt that way. It's just, I don't know if this is some kind of response or it, it, it was just weird because my daughter who's on here, you know, she knows that. <laughs> that, you know, I, you know, like I chose the profession I did because I wanted to be in a place where I had to think on my feet, you know, yeah. with, you know, crisis every day. But, um, you know, you know, I guess I'm saying, does that sound weird? Does that is, yeah. uh, there used to be a, a radio show that I listened to that where listeners could call in with, uh, is this weird question? <laughs> And then the uh, the hosts of the shows they would uh, just take a vote to see uh, to to decide whether it was weird or not. So your is your question: Is it weird that I am calm and not afraid during a crisis? Everybody else around me is scared. I am not. What's wrong with me? Is that the question? Yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm trying to speak. I mean, I know I can't calm everybody, and that's not my goal. It's just I'm thinking. Okay, so what can, what can I be doing in this? that can help people because I, I went to Whole Foods this morning. Mm-hmm. I use a self-checkout. Mm-hmm. I had on a mask and gloves because I just try to do it so other people do it. The mm-hmm. person who was at the checkout, they had on a mask and gloves. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wear the mask and gloves, but I do it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just turned to ask the question and they jumped back. Oh, oh you know, and I thought, what? We're not even six. I mean, what? Really? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if I'm just tired of dealing with everybody being afraid or just, I, you know, I don't know what, but I do feel very, t- I felt very tired this morning and I, and I slept well, mm-hmm. you know. You know, Benita, I, I don't, I don't know the exact answer, but I have some thoughts that I'm willing to, that I can share with you. And it is that, um, you know, everybody's, everybody's tolerance level is different and unique. Right. So what you might consider a crisis is different from somebody else. So our response and our reaction is going to be uh, completely different. And the, the tiredness might be, um, you know, look to see where in your body, if anywhere, where is where do you feel tired? And I would also recommend when we when we do name our emotions, which I do want us to do. It's not to claim the emotion in an I am, because when I say I am tired, 
I am is uh, like a powerful statement. So whatever I put behind it is the energy that I'm claiming. So I feel tired or even I'm noticing that I am lacking energy. I am noticing that I'm feeling sleepy. I am noticing that I am feeling somewhat exhausted. I'm feeling that my energy level is down. Right? So instead of saying I'm tired, like is one of those an option to, to speak into? And then, okay, my energy level is lower. Does that mean I'm tired or does it just mean that I need, can I re-energize my energy? Um, and what would I need to feel that aliveness again? Like I'm irritated with people being so afraid. Like I, I don't think it's a big deal as like the other people. I mean, there's a lot of people that are experiencing that. Like, does that mean I'm, I'm in denial or does this mean that my tolerance level is different from other people? Mm -hmm. Right. And as a nurse, I, I'm imagining that you have been in crisis many times before. So your tolerance level is higher. You have seen stuff and you know that, you know, this too shall pass and yeah, this is nothing. I've seen worse or you know, whatever your tolerance level is, um, it might be different from the people that were behind you in the line. So um, look for ways to question what we're telling ourselves, but with an investigative mind. And I want to give you, because I know we're almost out of time, I want to give you a, and I also want to offer, I, I created a PowerPoint for today, and I think I've done one slide and everything else has been completely different. But if you want the PowerPoint, um, put your email in the chat box and I'll send it to you. Um, might find some helpful information there. But the one thing that I, I will share with you, which is great for when people feel anxiety, stress, overwhelm, or just want an awareness practice, it's an um, acronym. I love acronyms because um, they're easy to remember. And this one is um, from a mindfulness practice, and it's called RAIN, R-A-I-N. And the R stands for recognize what's going on. So recognize with awareness, recognize with just noticing, recognize what is what the experience is without wanting to manipulate, control, judge. Just notice what is. Recognize. The A is allow the experience. Just allow it. Instead of saying, I don't want it, I'm denying it, I'm avoiding it, I'm afraid of it. Just allow the experience be the experience. Another way of using that A could be accept it. Accept what is. Accept it. Because we all know the saying, what you resist persists. So the more we can go into allowance and acceptance, we can move through the moment in, in this situation smoother. And the I is investigate. That's where I was getting the investigate. Investigate with kindness and curiosity. So ask yourself those questions like, hmm, I'm noticing. Okay, I, I say I'm tired. Could there be something else? 
What is that a signpost of? What is my emotion trying to communicate with me? So uh, maybe it is, you know, the tiredness, the sleepiness, the, you know, lack of energy. Uh, maybe I need to move. Maybe I need to dance. Maybe I need to crank up the music and just do a little boogie. I don't, you know, why not? Uh, movement sometimes, you know, movement is good. Movement is great for the body right now. Like even though we feel heavy, somebody said I feel heavy in my body. Um, heavy in my body is um, often a sign of what I, I like to call it, and I don't. There's I don't know if it's appropriate, but I call it collapsed energy. Where we have energy, we don't do anything, we don't direct it anywhere, so it just collapses. So um, we might want to do the opposite. So instead of feeling collapsed and not doing anything, find it in you to move, to walk, to dance, to you know, to slow dance. If you have a partner, you can slow dance with and that gets you connect connection and touch as well. And the last in the rain is um, non-identify. Non-identify with a story. Don't create a story about me in there. Just notice um, and non-identifying meaning, like this is not a story about Adela in the crisis. This is just, uh, 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 this is how it is. Like, I don't have to create a story about why is this happening to me? Like this is ruining my business or I can't socialize right now and I'm not allowed. To, like now this is a me and my emotions I'm going to take over or threaten to take over. So if I can not identify with the situation and just be aware, have awareness. Another way to use that N is to nurture. Nurture. Nurture yourself, nurture the feelings, nurture the situation, nurture um, uh, oneself, my feelings, my emotions, my, my mind, my body, my spirit, my emotions, and my social connectivity. Like going back to that resilience. Does that help, Rain? And create little pockets of control. Like right now, a lot of us feel so out of control and we're clinging. So let go of the clinging and find little pockets of control that you can do. Like what's one thing I can do? What's one step I can take? That's great, Adela. I love that. Um, in my um, breathwork community, uh, there's this woman who she has this saying, and she always says, sometimes the only thing I can control is if my kitchen is clean. Yes. That's yes. What Create pockets of control, little tiny pockets. What can I control? I can light the candle to signal that I'm going to work and I can blow it out to let myself know I'm off. Like little things, pockets of control. So I've really enjoyed uh, hanging out with you here today. Um, stay in touch. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I, I, I think I talked more than I intended. I wanted to hear more from you. So join my groups. I have three groups. They're on my website. 
Um, I'd love to continue our conversation, our connection, and let's grow together through all of this. Let's not avoid our personal growth and development. Now is the time to really practice what we have learned. Now is a way for us to uh, to walk our talk. You know, we 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 got this. We have practiced in our spiritual practice, our personal development, our personal growth, whatever we have done. This is the time to evoke what we already know, which is already in our bodies. It's in our minds, it's in our hearts. Go into your hearts, I, I forgot to mention the heart. Go into our hearts uh, more than our head. Spend more time neck down and less up here. And if you're gonna spend time up here, make it a beautiful place. Make it a lovely, inviting, nurturing, comforting, cheerleading place that says, yes, you got this. You'll get through this. This too shall pass. This episode was produced by Kirsten Hedges and produced and edited by Georgie Harris. For more information, visit us at modernmysticshop.com and click on Sunday School.